Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Biden to Israel. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Tuesday, October 17. Thanks for joining us. Here's what we have for you this hour. President Biden will visit Israel tomorrow to show support for the war on Hamas. Meanwhile, U.S. troops are being prepped for a potential deployment to the region. Democrats are not united on Israel. Republicans lack unity on Ukraine funding. What does all that mean for American partnerships? Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan trying to corral support among a final group of fellow Republicans as he aims to be House Speaker. And the states willing to pay college grads to stay and fill critical job vacancies. Colorado is so desperate for veterinarians that they will pay up to $90,000 of your loans and your debt that you have to come. Now, of course, you can't just come and leave there's going to be some sort of period you need to stay. Mm-hmm. Career expert Julie Bauke on states that offer incentives for college grads to stick around. President Biden will visit Israel tomorrow to show support for its closest ally in the Middle East and its war on Hamas. The announcement came after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu agreed to let humanitarian aid reach besieged Gazans. Trucks carrying vital supplies reached the Rafah crossing in Egypt, the only access point to the enclave outside of Israel's control. They've been in a holding pattern for days while diplomats try to open the route. Meanwhile, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says there's still the race to identify and find hostages held by Hamas. I cannot comment on uh, the reports that Hamas might be uh, willing to negotiate. Um, They shouldn't have held any hostages in the first place. They should release them immediately. Separately, the AP reports that 2,000 U.S. troops have been told to get ready to deploy. They'd be assigned to other regional countries in a support role like medical assistance or providing security at gate crossings. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan is trying to finalize support among fellow Republicans for his bid to be House Speaker ahead of a likely vote today. He apparently won over some pivotal holdouts yesterday. House Armed Services Committee Chair Mike Rogers of Alabama, a leading foe who said Friday there was nothing Mr. Jordan could do to win his support, now says he'll vote for Mr. Jordan. Republican Mark Molinaro of New York. He's assured me that members like me and uh, the people I represent will have uh, a voice at the table, and uh, uh, he understands that we need to govern, and for that I'll be voting for him. The chamber is narrowly divided between Republicans and Democrats, and Mr. Jordan needs to win at least 217 votes to become Speaker. That means he can afford no more than four Republican defections if all Democrats oppose him as expected. Mr. Jordan isn't seen as a lock in a first round of voting, but his supporters anticipate that public and private pressure will continue to whittle down the number of opponents, estimated right now by one count to be seven. Republican lawmakers are largely united on aiding Israel, but divided over whether to help Ukraine. Democrats are largely united on assisting Ukraine, but divided on supporting Israel. Sabrina Siddiqui, White House reporter at The Wall Street Journal, says now the fates of the two issues may be linked in coming weeks on Capitol Hill. Sabrina, explain. Well, these are two very different foreign policy challenges, but the Biden administration right now is looking into possibly linking aid to Israel um, to aid to Ukraine. And part of that is because there is an urgent need, the Biden administration administration says, to get aid to Israel amid its conflict with Hamas in the Middle East. But the 
aid package to Ukraine that the Biden administration has been requesting of Congress for some time now, of course, has been stalled amid Republican opposition as that war enters its is in its second year. So there is a hope, I think, within the Biden administration that if they tie aid to Ukraine to aid to Israel, then maybe they can get Republican support and get both over the line um, as they as they try and uh, mitigate the consequences of both of these uh, wars. And then, as you point out, one of the questions is, how far do you go, even if you get something cleared at first, right? What's being said there? Well, I think that the biggest challenge right now um, with respect to the dynamics on Capitol Hill is that Republicans at this point have been more or increasingly in favor of restricting aid to Ukraine. And, and, and some have called for reevaluating how much U.S. assistance should still be going to Kyiv. Um, whereas on the other end of the spectrum, uh, there is actually broad bipartisan support for sending U.S. aid to Israel, which is already the biggest beneficiary um, of, of foreign aid. But there's more Democrats who are raising concerns about uh, the Israel about Israeli occupation of the West Bank and the treatment of Palestinians. And as this conflict unfolds between uh, Israel and Hamas, you're seeing, of course, international concern about the mounting humanitarian crisis in Gaza um, and the the growing number of civilian casualties of, uh, in Gaza as well, which is not going to stop aid to Israel from passing Congress, but certainly has led to a much bigger debate within the Democratic Party about what this unconditional uh, U.S. Uh, support for Israel looks like in the future and what the consequences of that might be. Mm. We're speaking with Sabrina Siddiqui, White House reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Her piece is called Democrats are at odds on Israel. Republicans can't agree on Ukraine. Here's what it means for America's allies. All right. So referencing the headline, you said this does bring up questions about the viability of American alliances and partnerships. How so? Well, I think the biggest one with respect to Ukraine is um, obviously the Biden administration um, has talked a lot about the need uh, to support Ukraine against Russian aggression and 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 really, you know, framed the Russia's war in Ukraine as a test for this battle uh, between democracies and autocracies as a, that has been a centerpiece of um, the Biden administration's foreign policy. And so any pulling back on the part of the U.S. From Ukraine, um, or in it from its support for Ukraine, I think would be seen as um, a victory for Vladimir Putin, um, and and perhaps show that what has been a really strong alliance uh, between the U.S. Um, and its NATO allies in support for Ukraine, that perhaps you know so far that alliance has endured. But if the U.S. pulls back its aid, then there are broader questions about the strength of that alliance in terms of its support for Ukraine. Um, on the Israel piece, I, there, there's not much changing realistically in terms of the um, broader dynamics around U.S. support for Israel. As I said, it's it's still overwhelmingly true that. Um, or it's still true that the overwhelming majority of lawmakers in Washington uh, support, stand by and support Israel. But I think this it's more of a generational question when you see this debate within the Democratic Party um, about showing more about the need for more support for the Palestinian cause. Uh, you know, what does what does the dynamic look like in that conflict here in, you know, in terms of U.S. support 10 years from now, 20 years from now? That's where I think you might see more of a shift. 
um, how much that affects right now the, the geopolitical reality on the ground, uh, you know, there's really not much movement, I think, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Sabrina. Sabrina Siddiqui, White House reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Bring smiles to all when shopping online with Dell Technologies Gift Guide. Whether it's for the artist, the entrepreneur, the student, or the streamer, you'll find the perfect gift. Dell.com slash gift guide makes gifting easy with a carefully curated selection. Shop now to explore our innovative PCs like the XPS 13 laptop, powered by the latest Intel Core processors plus accessories. Visit dell.com slash gift guide today. That's dell.com slash gift guide. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday. A federal judge has barred Donald Trump from verbally attacking U.S. prosecutors, court staff, and potential witnesses involved in a criminal case that accuses him of trying to overturn his 2020 election loss. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin in Washington pointed to previous disparaging social media posts in making her order yesterday. Speaking at a campaign rally in Iowa, the former president called the judge's order unconstitutional and vowed to appeal it. I'm not allowed to criticize people, so we'll see. We'll appeal it, and we'll see. But it's, it's so, un, so unconstitutional. The good thing is we have so much support, it's incredible. The order bars Mr. Trump, frontrunner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, from personally targeting special counsel Jack Smith, prosecutors working with him, and court staff. His trial is due to begin in five months. He's charged with conspiring to interfere in the counting of votes and block the certification of the 2020 election. 19 minutes after the hour on this morning, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The U.S. is working to break a deadlock over delivering aid to millions of increasingly desperate civilians in the Gaza Strip, which has been besieged by Israel since a brutal attack by Hamas militants. Israeli airstrikes continue to pound Gaza, killing dozens of people in the besieged enclave south. Meanwhile, Secretary of State Antony Blinken says President Biden will visit Israel tomorrow. The president will hear from Israel what it needs to defend its people as we continue to work with Congress to meet those needs. Defense officials say about 2,000 U.S. troops have been put on prepare-to-deploy orders. The troops would not necessarily go to Israel or Gaza, but to a nearby country to support Israel. Number two. Republicans will try today to elect Jim Jordan as the new House Speaker, elevating a chief ally of Donald Trump to a center seat of U.S. power and showing just how far the hard right flank has moved into the GOP mainstream. Jordan on ABC yesterday. The way we can help the American people is get the House open. We can't do that until we get a speaker. So let's get a speaker tomorrow and get back to work for the American people and help our our dear and closest friend, the state of Israel. At least a handful of holdout Republicans are refusing to give Jordan their votes, viewing the Ohio Republican as too extreme. Number three. Four inmates, including a man accused of murder, escaped from a Georgia jail early Monday. Authorities say the inmates made their way out of the Bibb County Detention Center through a damaged window and a cut fence. They escaped around 3 a.m. in a car that had pulled up to the location. 38 schools were placed on soft lockdown yesterday, meaning classroom instruction continued, but outdoor activities were limited. Ed Curry, the South Carolina hot pepper expert who crossbred and grew the Carolina Reaper that's hotter than most pepper sprays police use to subdue unruly criminals, has broken his own world record with a pepper that's three times hotter. Pepper X has been crowned the hottest pepper in the world by the Guinness Book of World Records. Curry, one of five people who have eaten an entire Pepper X, says he was laid out for three and a half hours after heating his creation, groaning in pain with hard 
carnival cramps. That sounds like fun. Doesn't it? Let's grab some peppers and be doubled over for three and a half hours. I just don't get it. So how do you measure? I don't even know how do you measure that. Who wants to taste it right, uh, and measure it? Somebody did. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jen. Hey there, Gordon Deal here, and everyone knows the best part of fall is the food. I found a new way to embrace the season. Hello Fresh Markets, limited time fall flavors. Let me tell you about their apple cider cake with caramel sauce. Man, so good. Are you looking for the perfect game night treat? Write this one down, barbecue pulled pork nachos. Speaking of which, I recently had the kids home from school, and HelloFresh not only saved me time, but made me look like a pro chef. Using farm fresh ingredients, you're going to get the flavors of fall in every bite. And trust me, you don't want to miss out on the mini pumpkin cheesecake. It's perfect for a me-time treat. Want to give it a shot? Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus free shipping. That's right, 50% off plus free shipping at HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon with code 50Gordon. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon with code 50 Gordon. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Tuesday. The national average for a gallon of gas fell last week despite a tumultuous period for oil prices after Hamas launched an attack on Israel. Here's why from Medora Lee, money reporter at USA Today. Medora, what's up here? So there are a couple of reasons. Um, the first one is because um, Israel and Palestine are not really um, big oil producers. So we haven't had to worry too much yet because it hasn't escalated and moved out of that area yet or as of um, now. And um, so we haven't had to worry too much. I mean, gas prices, I mean, oil prices have risen, but not as sharply as, say, when Russia invaded Ukraine, because Russia is a very, very big producer of oil, which is oil makes up about half the price of a gallon of gas. Um, so that has helped a little bit keep things in check. And the other reason is because, um, well, demand is also down because winter is coming, so people aren't driving as much. And we are fortunate that winter is coming because in the winter we use a winter blend, which is uh, less expensive than the summer blend, which is more environmental. Hmm. All right, so oil prices have ticked up, but gas prices have actually gone down, which is strange. Yeah, um, and so that's so that's basically because um, we've sw we're switching over to the winter blend, okay. and because um, driving is less during the winter. Um, even in California, they switched over to the winter blend early. They usually do it the end of October, around to the end of October. They switch over to their winter blend, but they actually did it earlier this year. I think the end of September, um, because they wanted to make sure gas prices didn't rise. Mm. Every time I complain about gas prices in New Jersey, I just look to California and think exactly. I, I don't you have know, it so I mean, bad. Why, 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 <laughs> why California, though? We kind of review those basics. So even though gas prices are coming down in California, Californians may not really feel like they are feeling it right now. Um, and that's because in California, they have high local taxes. Taxes make up about 13% of the price of a gallon of gas. Um, and... California also requires this special environmentally friendly blend that tends to be more expensive. Um, and then also the last reason is because they have to rely on local production or foreign imports because um, and nearby refineries because they don't really have, they're kind of in a land of their own. There aren't any pipelines really around uh, there. We're speaking with Medora Lee, money reporter at USA Today. Her piece is called, Here's Why Gas Prices Are Down even in pricey California as Israel-Hamas war escalates. 
All right, so touch two on, um, I guess, what everybody wants to know, and that's will this trend continue? Will, will the falling gas prices continue? So right as of right now, experts say they expect pr- gas prices to continue falling. Um, but a lot of it also hinges on what happens in the Middle East. You know, um, Iran is kind of like grumbling on the sidelines that, you know, they might be in, they might start getting involved or Saudi Arabia. Then we might have to start relooking at the price of oil. Um, and if that starts to rise, because if they get involved, that's obviously bad for oil prices. Then we start talking about uh, geography like uh, the Strait of Hormuz. Exactly, where a lot of um, product moves through. So, But if, if everything can stay kind of calm in the Middle East and the war is confined, some people are expecting another 25 to 45 cent decline by late November. So good for Thanksgiving traveling. Thanks, Medora. Medora Lee, money reporter at USA Today. Aging is a journey that can gather some unwanted passengers, namely those senescent or zombie cells. Hi, it's Gordon Deal, and I used to feel that sluggish middle-aged mood, those aches after workouts. I could practically feel those old cells just taking up space, bogging me down. Then I found Qualia Senolytic. Think of it as giving your body a little spring cleaning, pruning away the worn-out cells and letting the lively ones shine. And you only take it two days a month. Crafted with vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO ingredients. Plus, with a 100-day money-back guarantee, you've got a risk-free journey to rejuvenation. Resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Gordon for up to $100 off and use code Gordon at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash Gordon for an extra 15% off. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's show. Neurohacker.com slash Gordon. We are America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday, October 17. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka. Some of our top stories and headlines. Biden will visit Israel tomorrow. Jim Jordan trying to finalize Republican support to be House Speaker. A gag order of sorts for Donald Trump in his conspiracy case. China today gave a red carpet welcome to Russian President Vladimir Putin, accused of war crimes in Ukraine. United Auto Workers strike entering its fifth week. Home sales on the slowest pace since 2011. Cowboys over the Chargers in Monday Night Football. And now a teenager won a car by attending the funeral of a stranger. We'll have that story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Because Indeed's all-in-one hiring solution helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. Visit Indeed.com credit. Here's more help for those willing to relocate for work or get help with student loan debt. According to the Heckinger Report, states that are desperate for skilled workers are paying college graduates to stay there to work. Insight from Julie Bauke, career expert known as Julie on the job. Julie, what's trending? 42 out of 50 states are say they have some sort of a program that, that gives people all kinds of financial incentives to come and stay and build their careers in those states. 42 out of 50. So there's a report called the Heckinger Report, if you want to check it out for your state. H-E-C-H-I-N-G-E-R. And it has a summary of what these states are doing. And it's not just, we'll give you a thousand bucks. There are certain states, here's an example. 
Colorado is so desperate for veterinarians that they will pay up to $90,000 of your loans and your debt that you have to come. Now, of course, you can't just come in and leave. There's going to be some sort of period you need to stay. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's not Denver. I'm sure in Colorado, it's some of those areas where they have a hard time attracting people. And so we have a real shortage. And in North Dakota, I, <clears throat> there were probably 120 plus professions that qualified under this act. And so we are seeing, as you see people move around the country, young people want to go to um, thriving markets, Denver, Austin, Nashville. You know, they want to go to places where their friends are. And what they're finding though, is they get there and it's really expensive and it's hard to get traction. It's hard to build wealth. And so what these are even sometimes pay, you know, pay your bills. And so what these other states have said is, look, we, it is worth it to us to pay you to come here and hope you love it. It's incredible. Yeah. And it could be like, you're from Ohio. So Ohio is going to pay you to stay. Mm -hmm. What I, what I think is, as I look at this, I think, okay, what I'd want to know is you, you, it's sort of like, are you, I'm curious because I'm sure each program is different, but let's say I am a veterinarian and I go to LA because it sounds exciting. And I find it's hard for me to live where I want to live, do what I want to do, have the life I want to live. So I stay there two years. Am I then eligible? Because this to me would be the play for states. Am I then eligible? Am I still eligible at that point for loan repayment? If they're smart, the answer is yes. Because sometimes you have to go someplace else and experience that and say, maybe this isn't what I thought it was. Maybe living in North Dakota or or out in the country in Colorado or parts of Arizona, Minnesota, Ohio, Utah, I mean, go on and on, yeah. might give you the life you want. But there's this desire a lot of times when you graduate from college, you're 22, and you think, I'm gonna do what my friends are doing, and how's it gonna look if I tell my friends I'm going to Fargo, North Dakota? There's a little bit of that when you, when you graduate, and that usually tempers as you mature a little bit and realize what it's like to have to pay your own bills. So, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. You know, it, it's Arkansas is paying pathologists in the I state crime laboratory yeah. hundred thousand dollars of their student loans forgiven. It's just like it was so weirdly specific that one really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, for all of all these people out here who, who are total crime junkies, um, how fun would that be? You know, I mean, maybe you go to Arkansas for five years and then you move to a bigger city, or maybe you don't. You know, you've got a part of life is figuring out what's most important to you. And when you're 22, you don't really have the answer to that yet. And so there is going to be a lot of movement. And then, you know, there, there are, there's also going to be movement in terms of, you know, what, what, um, what education people pursue as people, I'm hoping as people are now starting to look at things like trade schools yeah. as more attractive, some of this will temper a little bit. But when you read this report, it is not the trades that they're talking about here, even though I'm sure that you could get a good deal on a, on trades as well. But first of all, people that go to trade school don't graduate with huge amounts of debt. So those aren't those aren't those big hefty payoff issues. But look at I mean, it's just it's a really interesting solution that states have come up with to help to refill their coffers of talent because they can't grow their economies can't grow and they can't attract 
other people if they don't have people doing these these particular professions. So I think it's fascinating, but not surprising. Thanks, Julie. Julie Bauke, career expert known as Julie on the job. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Hope we've done plenty of stories about the trials and tribulations of airline travel lately, but here are two that go beyond the typical disagreements over seat selection and etiquette. We start with the flight from Panama to Tampa, Florida last week that was forced to turn around after a suspicious package was found in the plane's bathroom, which was deemed a potential bomb threat. Back on the tarmac in Panama City, the plane was emptied of passengers and searched by a police explosives unit. The package was found and was discovered to be nothing more than a disposable adult diaper, carefully wrapped in a black trash bag. Panama police posted pictures of the find on social media, prompting a million jokes about how air travel couldn't possibly stink anymore. The flight was delayed about five hours total, but eventually made it to Florida later that day. This We had a big big to do about this uh yeah well I mean, adult I guess, diaper well because it was I guess it was wrapped up in this black trash bag yeah. that's probably what it was you couldn't tell what it was didn't want to get close enough to it to smell it uh, you know okay. or, or get any clues that way so um, someone who sees that sitting in the bathroom yeah. probably uh got suspicious probably let a uh, flight attendant know and then they had to turn the plane around i'm just kind of hoping that we could do better than that on a plane like that there'd be some way to discover this yeah. before you turn the whole plane yeah, around and disrupt exactly. the vacation of yeah. 144 people or yeah. whatever it was mm-hmm. that's some way we could determine this beforehand i'm yeah. just kind of hoping uh pilot co-pilot flight attendant has some sort of <laughs> some sort of what training and adult diaper <laughs> identification <laughs> i don't adult know diaper detector just, on board just seemed like a little over the top to yeah. turn the plane around when I, you didn't know what was I going think on once the plane is in the air you know all bets are off yeah, and it's going to be like as cautious as humanly possible yeah, okay and uh passengers often wonder about the strange rules airlines have about weight on flights with restrictions on the weight of bags and then they sometimes shift passengers around to better balance the weight there wasn't much they could do to balance the weight on this flight however after a bunch of sumo wrestlers showed up at a japan airlines gate in tokyo recently the group was headed to osaka to attend a national sports festival but after calculating that the sumo wrestlers weighed a whopping 264 and a half pounds on average, 100 pounds more than the typical passenger, travel authorities grew concerned that the two Boeing 737s wouldn't be able to carry the requisite amount of fuel due to weight restrictions. So in order to ensure the proper weight distribution, the airline rolled out another plane for 27 members of the sumo crew at the last minute. Wow. <laughs> Just eyeing these guys up. Yeah. Right, made you concerned. Yeah, right. They, they immediately got Jeez. on the phone and said, we, 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 uh, we're we going to have a problem here. Wow. A 737. A big, uh, powerful plane like that had to be concerned about sumo wrestlers getting on. Yeah. Man. Because, again, you know, well, it, they do seem to apparently have you know pretty strict restrictions about as far as weight goes <laughs> and making sure it's balanced. And I didn't even realize this. If it's too heavy, I guess they have to leave some fuel behind. Yeah. It yeah. apparently is the case here. And uh, you need to make you know, get out enough fuel to make it from Tokyo to Osaka. And hence why we've never heard the phrase or the, the words Cessna and sumo wrestler like in the same phrase. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, most likely not. I took a I took a like a puddle jumper plane home from a whitewater rafting trip in Idaho one time, like like one regional airport yeah. to another. And there was only like four of us. Right. And they had to like weigh the bags like in their hands and say, okay, you sit on the right, you sit on the left. This bag goes left. This bag goes on the right side. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. Didn't realize how specific that was at times. <laughs> no moving around the cabin, please. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Mike. Bring smiles to all when shopping online with.
with Dell Technologies Gift Guide. Whether it's for the artist, the entrepreneur, the student, or the streamer, you'll find the perfect gift. Dell.com slash gift guide makes gifting easy with a carefully curated selection. Shop now to explore our innovative PCs like the XPS 13 laptop, powered by the latest Intel Core processors plus accessories. Visit Dell.com slash gift guide today. That's Dell.com slash gift guide. Thanks for spending time with us. Need a car for your teen driver? MarketWatch has the top safety features for teens. Number one, airbags. At the very least, your teen's car should provide the front and side curtain airbags. Number two, anti-lock brakes. They help facilitate shorter stopping distances and straight line stops. They also help maintain steering control. Number three, a rear view camera. Number four, forward collision warning. It alerts the driver when their car closes too quickly on the vehicle ahead. Number five, blind spot monitoring. Number six, lane departure warning. And number seven, lane keeping assist. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. President Biden will visit Israel on Wednesday. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. We wouldn't be talking about a trip like this if, if we didn't feel comfortable that the appropriate security parameters were in place. Meanwhile, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office appeared to deny reports of a humanitarian corridor that would allow the passage of foreign nationals out of the Gaza Strip via Egypt's Rafah crossing. Some 600 American passport holders, as well as an unconfirmed number of other foreign nationals, are stuck in the blockaded enclave as it endures fierce Israeli bombardment. Number two. A federal judge is restricting what Donald Trump can say about his election interference prosecution, saying the former president's free speech rights aren't greater than those of other criminal defendants just because he's making another bid for the White House. At the end of a contentious two-hour hearing yesterday, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin said the case is about language that presents a danger to the administration of justice. The partial gag order seeks to balance Trump's First Amendment rights with prosecutors' concerns that his frequent social media attacks would intimidate witnesses and jeopardize the integrity of the case. Number three. The Supreme Court has ordered two Internet sellers of gun parts to comply with a Biden administration regulation aimed at ghost guns, firearms that are difficult to trace because they lack serial numbers. The court had intervened once before by a 5-4 to four vote in August to keep the regulation in effect after it had been invalidated by a lower court. No justice dissented publicly from Monday's order, which followed a ruling from a federal judge in Texas that exempted the two companies, Blackhawk Manufacturing Group and Defense Distributed, from having to abide by the regulation of ghost, uh, ghost gun kits. Spending on the holiday season is expected to surpass pre-pandemic levels this year for the first time. But it's not gifts that consumers will be splurging on the most in the run-up to Christmas. It's themselves. A new report from Deloitte finds that we're expected to spend an average of $1,652 on holiday-related purchases, up 14% from last year and surpassing what we spent in 2019. Deloitte says some of that spending will include non-gift purchases such as decorations, home furnishings, and clothing for ourselves. Ah, let's talk about me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. An Oklahoma teen won a car by attending a funeral of a woman she had never met. And that's the way Diane Sweeney of Oklahoma City wanted it. She died suddenly in July of last year and just a few weeks before had told her nephew that when she died, she wanted to gift her 2016 Volkswagen Beetle to someone who attended the funeral. The family reached out to local news outlets to help get the word out. Miss Sweeney's wish was that whoever came would have a chance to win her car. 16-year-old Gabriella Bonham 
was one who attended after convincing two sisters and some cousins to go. There, she was touched after learning about the life and kindness of Diane Sweeney. She filled out her raffle ticket along with a hundred others, but didn't hear anything for over a year because of the time it took to settle the estate. When the family called Ms. Bonham to tell her she won, she was so grateful that the family said the perfect winner was drawn. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.